James, the third chapter, going to look at a few verses here. I want to talk to you about the power of your words and the value of your words. In James chapter 3 and verse 1, he says, My brothers, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. In other words, able to control the whole body. Now notice that word perfect there. That word perfect simply means to be complete or to be developed. I like how the NIV says it in verse 2. He said, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect and able to keep their whole body in check. You know, if you can keep your body in check with God's Word, you can keep your mind in check. In other words, your mind doesn't have to go all over the place. Your mind is your mind. And when you subject your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and you subject your life to the Word of God, the Word of God will renew your mind. And it will impact and will have a great effect on the way that you think. Now, we are all bombarded with thoughts of doubt. We're bombarded with thoughts of fear. We're bombarded with thoughts of unbelief, are we not? You know, the enemy never presents the best-case scenario to us. He always comes with a bad report. But thank God we've got the good report. And I like what Isaiah says. He says, whose report are you going to believe? The report that we're going to believe is we're going to believe the report of the Lord. And so the Word of God gives us the report of the Lord. And as you spend time in the Word, and as you spend time in His presence, you'll never leave in a, 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 from the Word and from the presence of God discouraged. You will always leave encouraged. Amen? Now notice in verse 3 and 4. He said, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Read verse 4 with me. Behold also the ships, which be, though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. In other words, whatever way the captain of the ship turns that ship, that's the way that ship is going to go. We could say that our words become then the steering wheel of our lives. If you don't like the direction that you're going, you need to turn your words around and go in the direction of the Word of God. Amen? If you don't like the direction of your life right now, turn your words. Go into another direction so your life can go in another direction. God's Word will change your life forever. I encourage you to get it in your heart and get it in your mouth and speak it on a regular basis. Verse 5 says, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Now notice with me in the message translation, and I'd like some participation this morning. I know it's early in the morning, but let's stir ourselves up a little bit, and let's read verses 2 through 5 of James chapter 3 in the message. Ready, read? One, two, three. And none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouths. 
If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of their life. Let's continue to read. We're looking at James chapter 3, verses 2 through 5. Okay, all right. Verse 3. This is a rough service today. All right. It's going to get better. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to get better. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Verse 3. A bit in the horse of mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. Verse 4. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. Verse 5. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. Now notice with me in verse 6 through 10 as I read it from the King James Version. It says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defiles the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and has been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame, it is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Aren't you glad you got the greatest trainer in the whole wide world living on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit? He can help you tame your tongue. There's a lot of talk nowadays about gun control. I think we need tongue control. In verse 9, think about it. In verse 9 it says, Therefore bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which were made after the similitude or the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. So understand this, that God has set before us a a choice. We can choose death, or we can choose life. We can choose blessing, or we can choose cursing. That's what Deuteronomy 30, 19 verse says. He says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, that you and your seed may live. Now, when we choose life, and we choose to live under the blessing of the Lord, it not only affects our lives, but it can affect our seed. So it's a choice every day. You had the choice this morning when you woke up to speak God's word or to speak from your flesh. And I won't ask you which you spoke by. So we choose life. We choose to live under this blessing by speaking words of life. Say that with me. I'm choosing life. I'm choosing the blessing by speaking words of life and words of blessing. Now you do know what what, uh, Proverbs chapter 18 says. It says that death and life, where are they? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. In other words, what we speak sets laws in motion. What we speak sets the law of faith the law of the spirit of life in motion, or it sets the law of sin and death in motion. 
So the words that we speak are extremely vital. They're extremely important. Does it matter what you and I say on a regular basis? Let me ask you this. How much does it matter? I heard life and death. It is, in fact, a matter of life and death. So what are you saying today, Pastor Mark? I'm encouraging you to speak words of life, to speak words of blessing over your body. Call your kidneys functioning properly. Call your pancreas. Call your liver. Call your heart functioning in the perfection to which God created to function. Amen? Speak to your soul. Speak to your mind. Speak to your children. Speak to your finances. For heaven's sake, speak to your nation. Come on, somebody. You, if you will change your words and align your heart and your mouth with this word, it will change your life. Again, Proverbs 18 says, Death and life are in the power of of the tongue. I love this statement. Your words are to your faith and to your hope what thrust is to an airplane. Here's what I know about words. Words carry the power of life and death. Words are power packed. Words can bless or words can curse. Words can build up or words can tear down. Words can bring forth great things or they can destroy our lives. Words, faith-filled words, will frame your world. Words of God in your heart and in your mouth can turn things around. It can direct your life. It is the rudder which establishes the course of your life. Say with me, words impart. Words can bring joy. Words are seeds. Words produce fruit. Words are containers. And words are carriers. You see, it matters how we use our words. Coaches, teachers, parents, and friends. Did you know that your words can hurt or they can help? They can encourage or they can discourage? They can affect someone's self-worth and self-confidence. And so today I want to encourage you, whatever your walk of life, whatever influence that you have in the life that God has given you, I'm encouraging you to use your words to speak life over someone. Use your words to encourage someone. Use your words to bless someone. I mean, even people that you don't know, smile at them. Greet them, be kind, be loving, and let your words speak of the life of God and the blessing of God that is happening in your life. Do you know a study shows that about three out of the ten people that you meet are brokenhearted over something? You and I who know the word... You and I who have been impacted by this word, we can make a positive difference in people's lives by speaking kind words over them. Here's some practical ways to do that. Number one, add value to people, especially to your children, especially to your grandchildren. Never say you'll never amount to much. 
You're never going to make it. The odds are against you. But rather say, you know what? You're a world overcomer. You're a champion. You're quick and you're bright. You're sharp. You're good looking. And you're going to become very rich. Speak God's word over them. Tell them what the world tells them they can't do. Tell them that they can do all things through Christ which strengthens them. Encourage them. Pray over them. Speak words of life over everyone around you. Add value to people. And then put courage in someone. Encourage someone in the Lord. Cheer people on. And the lastly, I want to say this. Either build up or just hush up. Because tearing down is the devil's business. But building up is our business. Building up is the kingdom of God's business. Amen? What an amazing gift. Think about it. The ability to speak faith-filled words. You're made in the image and likeness of God. When God created you, He made you a speaking spirit. And one thing about believers like you and me, Believers ought to know what the answers to life's challenges are, and believers ought to speak that answer. We ought to say what God's Word says in any situation. Say what God's Word says in any circumstances. I mean in the doctor's office. You get a bad report, you ought to leave that doctor's office and open up the perfect law of liberty and begin to declare what God's Word says about your body. Whatever the circumstance may be, you've got to know what the Word says, believe what the Word says, and then speak what God's Word says. Amen? Faith always says the answer. Real faith, real Bible faith, always says about oneself what God's Word says about them. Say this with me. I am what the Word says I am. I have what the Word says I have. And I can do what the Word of God says I can do. For example, look over at Hebrews chapter 13 and notice with me in verses 5 through 6. Notice with me in the last part of that. It says, For He hath said... So this is something that God has said about us. This is something that God says to us. Now for Him to say it, and for us to not personalize it and receive it and say it won't do us any good. Notice, he hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Therefore, I cannot walk around and talk about how lonely I am. I can't sing that old song by Three Dog Night, Lonely Days and Lonely Nights. Where would it be without my... I don't know if it was Three Dog Night or the Bee Gees, whatever. Whoever it was. We can't sing those old songs. We can't talk about how bad life is, how lonely we are. God said, I will never leave you. God said, I will never forsake you. God said, I am your friend and I will stick with you in the midnight hour. I am a friend that will stick with you closer than a brother. Amen. Here's what God said. Here's what God said. God said, I'll never leave you. I will never relax my hold upon you. 
I will never fail you. I will never leave you without support. You are the apple of my eye. I made you in my likeness, in my image. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. I will never, ever leave you. My grip on you will never slip. Hallelujah. Come on, shout it with me. God's grip will never slip. It'll never slip. He's upholding you. He's upholding me. I mean, today, He is upholding you by the mighty word of His power. Though the earth may quake, though things may go wrong, hallelujah, God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Amen. Now, notice with me in verse 6. We know what God said. So that we may quietly say... So that we might just, you know, be these little meek and lowly Christians and, and not impact anything. No. So that we may boldly say, God doesn't want us to be weak, emaciated Christians. He wants us to be bold as lions. And one of the characteristics of being a bold Christian is to boldly say what God has said. And here's what God said. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you so that we may boldly say, come on, let's boldly say it right now. The Lord is my helper and I will not fear what. Oh, that's shouting ground right there. Glory to God. Come on, somebody. Let's say it again. The Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man Boldly say what he said. Find out what he said. Look into the perfect law of liberty. Find out what your covenant says about you. Find out what's included in your covenant rights. You see, there are 66 books of exceeding great and precious promises. That through those you may be a partaker of the divine nature. That you may partake of all the blessings and the benefits that belong to you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Just raise your hand right now. Whether you feel like it or not, glory to God. Come on. Let's worship the Lord. Let's sing, say glory to the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm stirred up this morning about faith-filled words. I know what it's done for me. I know what it'll do for you because I know that my God is good and that He is no respecter of persons. Come on, somebody shout glory to God. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Amen. So we're getting a good happy meal this morning, right? Look over at Hebrews chapter 4 and notice with me in verse 14. Hebrews four fourteen. The significance, the value of your words. In Hebrews 4.14, he says, Seen then that we have a great high priest. He's great, isn't he? That is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, now, because of that, let us hold fast our profession. The Greek word translated profession there simply is the word confession, which means let us hold fast to saying the same things. This word profession, this word confession means to acknowledge. It means to own. It means to acknowledge faith in. 
What this is saying to us this morning is that we have the God-given privilege to acknowledge, to affirm, to appropriate, to confess, and to profess, and to lay claim of all the riches that are found in God's Word. We have a great high priest. And the thing about it is, he's the apostle of your confession. And he's watching over your words to perform them in your life. Isn't that good? Oh, that's good news. Amen? So, Brother Hagin said this many years ago. He said, your faith will never rise above the level of your confession. Your faith will never rise above the level of your confession. Again, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Now, how many of you know that there is a difference between a weekend golfer and a professional golfer. You know, the one on weekends is kind of the one like me. I don't practice my golf swim very, swing very little. I just go up to the tee. I don't even warm up. And I take my driver out, and I just try to hit the snot out of the ball. I tell Brenda sometimes, I am going to go drive that golf uh, ball crazy. I'm going to knock the snot out of it today. Now, sometimes it goes straight, but most of the time it doesn't. Why? Because I'm not prepared. It's not my profession. I'm not spending seven days a week thinking about, talking about, practicing my golf swing. I'm not practicing my putting. I don't want to practice my putting. That's not, that's not what I do as my profession. All right? A true Christian, a true Christian does not just practice faith on the weekends, but a true Christian lives it daily. In other words, confession ought to be your profession. It's more than just speaking the word every now and then. It's a lifestyle which affects every aspect of your life. Say it with me as a Christian, my confession, it is my profession. See, I believe this. I believe that God wants you and me, and I include myself in this, because I catch myself sometimes speaking things I shouldn't speak. But I believe that it is the will of God, the plan of God, for all of us to get a grip on our lip. And not let it slip. Look at your name and say, get a grip, will you? <laughs> get a grip on your lip. High school uh, coach in Texas. They had a, you know, and they've got great football programs in Texas, and it's football season right now pretty soon. And uh, he had a running back that had kind of a history of fumbling the ball. So what he did is he had the running back carry that football to class every day. He was to carry that ball everywhere he went all week long. He was to not let the ball slip. <laughs> not let it slip. So that during the game, when the opposition came, he wouldn't relax his grip on the ball so he could score. They understand this. You must realize that the devil will do anything to make you fumble or to slap your confession right out of you. But in Hebrews chapter 4, 14, it instructs us, 
to hold fast to the Word of God. Here's what the message translation says about that verse. It says, let's not let it slip through our fingers. Get a grip on your lip. Keep a grip on the good Word of God. Hold fast the profession of your faith. Understand this, that we have an opponent. But the more that you hold fast, the more that you don't allow your lip to slip. Come on, somebody. The more that you'll be able to make it to the end zone and have touchdown after touchdown in life. Amen? Glory to God. Now, the door to the supernatural. How many of you believe in the supernatural power of God? The door to the supernatural hinges on two things and that is your believing and your speaking say it with me I am a believer and I am a speaking spirit look at Romans chapter 10 if you would in verse 9 and verse 10 Romans 10 and 9 10 great verse of scripture Christianity is called the great confession it says this that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now notice verse 10. For with the heart man believeth. That man that he's talking about in verse 10 is your spirit man. You believe God with your heart, not the blood pump, but with your heart, the very core of your being. You believe God with this inward man, with this spirit man. That's why God's word is addressed to your spirit. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. God's word is spirit food designed to get into your spirit. Amen? It has all sorts of nutrients in it. And so it is with this inward man. It is with this heart that we believe. If you try to believe with your head, you'll be disappointed. If you try to believe with your body, you'll be disappointed. Why? Because your mind will play tricks on you. And you know your body's fickle. One day it may feel great. The next day it may feel not so great. The next day it might just feel okay. But aren't you glad God's forecast is always good? That is why we take this word and we believe it down here. In spite of what's going on up here. Did you know that faith will work in your heart even though doubt sometimes comes to your head? Faith will work in your heart. So get the word in your heart. Let it not depart from before thine eyes. Keep my words in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them. They are blessing to those that find them. They are healing to those that find them. They are even prosperity to those that find them. For with the heart, verse 10, Romans 10, 10. For with the heart, man believeth. Now say it with me. With the heart, I believe. How many of you remember when you got saved? How many of you remember the day you got saved? The place you got saved? Somewhere along the line, you heard the word. And then faith came. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So once you heard that Word, you had a choice to make. Either you were going to believe it and receive it or reject it and put it off for a later time. 
But when you heard the word concerning your salvation, many of you believed that in your heart. And by believing that in your heart, the scripture says, it brought you unto righteousness. It placed you out of an insecure, low self-esteem life and put you into right standing with the creator of the universe. But notice with me the heart and the mouth connection. Read it with me. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth... So with the heart you believed, and with the mouth you confessed, and it brought you to righteousness and brought you to full salvation. Oh, glory to God. And a lot of people are trying to get unto salvation without believing. A lot of people are trying to get the benefits of salvation without declaring, without affirming, and without confession. If you want to get unto deliverance, if you want to get unto healing, if you want to get unto prosperity, take these words which are life and believe them in your heart and begin to declare them with your mouth. And it will bring you unto your wealthy place. It'll bring you unto your healthy place. It'll bring you to your happy place, to your joy-filled place. Amen? All of God's creation came into existence by speaking. God said, what did he say? Come on. God said, let there be light. What happened immediately? So all of creation came into existence by speaking. In other words, sound came before sight. God said, and then he saw. God said, and then he saw. There was a sound of faith. And that sound of faith brought the manifestation of light. And it will do the same thing in your life. You're made in the image and likeness of God. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And verse 13, again now, the door to the supernatural hinges on what you believe and what you speak as a way of life, as a lifestyle. Your confession becomes then your profession. It is your way of life. It is your way of thinking. It is your way of speaking. And it is your way of acting. Look at Second Corinthians 4, 13, and let's read it together. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. Notice with me, he didn't speak before he believed. Believing must come before speaking. That's why it pays rich dividends to spend time in the Word of God and become fully persuaded of it. Before we just go spout off a bunch of words. I think sometimes in the word of faith, many people have just spout off a bunch of words, not really believing it. And then when it didn't come to pass, it's, well, there's nothing to it. Well, there's more to it than you realize. But the key is, become fully persuaded. He said, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. 
the spirit of faith in your heart coming out of your mouth it is the spirit of victory I believe therefore I speak look at 1st John chapter 5 and verse 4 are there some things that we need to overcome in the world are there some things that we need to come over and get on top of that's why God has given you the spirit of faith it is the spirit of victory 1 John 5, 4 says this, For whatsoever is born of God, you are born of God, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. In other words, even what we believe, even what we speak consistently, this is what will enable us to live an overcoming life. You see, the just shall live by faith. By faith is how we walk. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. Say with me, I'm walking by, I'm talking by, and I'm living by faith. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says this, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Believing and speaking. Everyone say believing and speaking. Now look at Mark eleven twenty three. Mark eleven verse twenty three. Here's what Jesus said. He said, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So we see in that verse that faith moves God and faith moves mountains. However, faith will not move anything until it moves you. And the first part of you that faith must move is your mouth. Speaking is an initial act of your faith. Here's what Dad Hagen said in his book, You Can Have What You Say or in his book on faith, he said, The Lord said to me, you'll have to do three times as much preaching about the saying part as you do the believing part. He said, folks aren't missing it so much in the believing part. They are missing it in the saying part. Notice with me, believe and say. Let me ask you a question this morning. Could Mark 11.23 work for you? Some of you are not convinced. What if you said regularly, my body is whole and my body is strong? According to Mark 11, 23, you will have what you say. How about this one? What if you said on a consistent basis, all of my debts are paid in full? What if you said that? And then you applied your heart to wisdom and you set out on a course to be debt-free. If you said that, believed it, declared it, and lived that way, there would come a day you'd be debt-free. How about this one? What if you said, things go well for me all the time because I have favor with God and man? What if you said that all the time? Well, according to Jesus, you will have what you say. Do you believe in the words of Jesus? 
See, we, we need to make sure that we're watching our words, watching what we're saying. Things like, we don't ever get sick. Instead of, we don't ever get our healing. We don't ever pay our bills on time. We need to get rid of those things and say, we don't ever get sick in this household. Amen? Or how about this one? We don't ever run out of money. I don't ever run out of money. I don't ever run out of joy. Why? Because I never run out of God. I'm never running out of money. How about you? Say it with me. There is no lack. For my God supplies all my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. How about this one? We always triumph. Instead of saying, I just never, ever can eat seafood, how about saying, I can eat anything I want to eat? What this is saying is we must get a hold of the thing that is right under our nose. Get a grip on our lip. Amen? Watch what you claim. Instead of saying, well, it's just my, it's my, just my system. It's just my system. How many of you know God can change your system? God can change your kidneys. God can change anything that's wrong and turn it around and make it right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lift your voice up. Lift your hand up. Let's thank Him for what we've heard this morning. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. God's Word didn't come out of His pen it came out of his mouth. God's word was spoken before it was written. And it was written so it could be spoken. Amen? The door to the supernatural hinges on two things. What you believe and what you say. We have in the same spirit of faith. We have it. We have it in this church. And we value that. And we cultivate it, and we teach it, and preach it regularly. You know, it's not a popular message in the religious world. What are you trying to say? I'm not trying to say anything. I'm saying what Jesus said. I'm saying what God's Word says. Amen? Praise God. Well, I hope you got something out of this today.